So today on the Dig podcast, I am speaking to Tanya Kid Beggs, and she is the founder of Stories Parfums. Now she's going to call it set in a much beautiful way, <laughs> more beautiful way than I do, but. It is a brand that's going to, it's going to blow you away, but she describes it as a brand that transports the mind and transforms emotions. So I was intrigued straight away whenever I was reading all about Tanya and her brand. And Tanya is going to tell us all about how she realized the power of fragrance and how it could heal, release locked memories, transcend personal tragedy and inspire happiness. So this all came after her trip to France, which she's going to tell us all about um, today. But how do you go from an idea on a trip to France to a brand that is now stocked all over the world and in stores such as Harvey Nichols, Fenwick, Brian Thomas, and so many more? Well, that's what I'm going to speak to Tanya about today. I'm going to ask her just how this all happened and how did we pitch to the big guys like she did? How do we get noticed How do we build community while always staying true to our brand values, which is what she has done? And how do we always think outside the box when it comes to things like collaborations and all the things we need to be doing to market our brand? And we're also going to talk about sustainability and just what that means and why it's important for every business to be considering right now. So she's here thank you so much tanya for being on the dig podcast welcome to the dig podcast i am your host caroline o'neill and i love to discuss all things online marketing managing money collaborations making that killer pitch and developing that product that will make millions as well as so many other topics that will inspire you in your business thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the dig podcast It's my absolute privilege to speak to thousands of you each week. Remember, I love to know when you've listened. So screenshot the episode and post on social, tagging me on Dig for Success and Dig Mama, and I will reshare with my audience. I'd also love if you could leave a review for the Dig podcast on whatever your favorite platform is, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. I love to see all your reviews. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Caroline. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. Oh my God, no, it's my pleasure and, and a great honor to have you here. And, you know, I have given an introduction there and I, I'm sorry if it actually doesn't do you justice, but I was taking snippets from your website and your social and the story, the chat that we had together as well before the podcast. But, you know, there's nothing like straight from the horse's mouth. So can you tell <laughs> us, you know, just how did this all start, Tanya? You know, a little bit about your journey kind of today. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just start at the beginning. I'm mum to four kids. Um, I chose to be a stay-at-home mum and um, when my children started to get a little bit older I thought you know I need to find something for myself I want to find a hobby Um, and that's what I started out to do and fragrance was always something that really connected me to myself really connected me to people who um, meant a lot to me and even connected me to a grandmother that I had never met before and I had known her perfume and I had I'd grown up feeling that I knew her because of her perfume. So I thought, okay, hobby, what do I want to do? I love luxury beauty. I love niche fragrances, something a bit, a bit different. I want to learn how to blend my own fragrance. So I went to Grasse in the south of France, as you do. And as you I, do. <laughs> I just decided to phone some independent perfumers and um, independent, independent perfumeries. And I thought, you know, I wonder, would they let me come and um, just 
blend my own fragrance, learn the basics of perfumery, and I'll come away with my own bespoke fragrance that nobody has and that I'll be happy. Um, and off I went and there was no business um, idea in my mind at this stage. And I went to um, Grasse in the south of, south, of, south of France because it is the hub of the fragrance world. And I started to work with the third oldest perfumery in the world. They said that they normally don't bring people in, but like, why don't you come in and work with our master perfumer and she can teach you the ropes. So off I went to the south of France. And do you know when you have four kids and you go off to France on your own? <laughs> such, a, such a joy. Um, and I started just learning how the basics of perfumery. And it was actually what happened to me there in Grasse in the south of France that really had a significant change in my life. Um, so I had a trauma in my life when I was 12. Um, I, my life spiraled out of control for many years after the trauma. Um, when I got to my 20s, I lived a very destructive life and I thought I need to sort this. Went to counselling, very successful, took the root of the trauma, it's an inner healing process and I felt good, perfectly. The trauma didn't affect me anymore and I felt perfect in a sense of it didn't affect my life. But I did not have any childhood memories prior to the trauma. It had just been overshadowed by the trauma. And I had accepted that and thought, well, you know, it is what it is. Counseling was so successful. I went on to actually do training in counseling and a counseling practitioner. And um, I did volunteer with that for a while. But when I went to Grass in the south of France, I was connected to my childhood um, memories prior to the trauma. It was so significant. It was like an epiphany. And I literally then left Grass in the south of France, not with one fragrance, but two, sat on the plane on the way home to Northern Ireland and went, I'm launching a brand. And I arrived home to a husband and four kids and said, I am launching a brand. And um, it had to be luxury. It had to be niche because that's who I am. And I that's how it came around. Um, it, it was all this passion that I needed to tell people my story through what I call the art of perfumery so that they could also experience what I had. Wow. Oh my goodness. It's powerful even listening to it before it's even turned into a brand yet in our story. Yeah. But when when you were telling me all of this in our conversation for the podcast and I went away and was doing my notes and all, I was like, God, I didn't even tell Tanya this thing that happened to me. And and I, my granny, I did know my granny, very lucky to know her, not like, you know, you didn't know yours, you know, meet yours or whatever. But at, my granny wore Estee Lauder Beautiful right so that was her perfume that she wore and I looked after her whenever I was little when she wasn't well mum would have left me down and I would have looked after her and she actually passed away when I was 12 but I have very strong memories of her and I always anytime I would smell that perfume it reminds me of my grand and it's not that I particularly wear I don't wear it myself but my auntie moved to America my mommy's sister and um she was coming home to stay with us um, a few years ago now my granny's passed away you know over 20 years now but um we were getting her room ready and my mum headed off to the airport with my my other auntie and I smelt beautiful wow 
I we didn't uh, and this like if I told someone the story they they think I'm making it up or it's airy furry, but I am not joking you. I smelt my granny in that room that day. Her three daughters were gonna be there. And when they came back from the hospital, and I'm a very grounded person, I don't really say things like that at all. But I said to my mommy, I smelt granny today in our house. And she's like, What? And she thought it was she loved it. I said that and that granny would be there. But that sense of smell and memories and stories, I get it. I understand. Yeah. So it's amazing and I can and, and I can't wait for you to tell everybody yeah. else happened now. I know. And, you know, it's amazing, though, isn't it, how you're transported in an instant, just like that, and to a memory. I, I just, I love it. Really love it. Um, so, yeah, so the brand, like, obviously, so much has happened before before we skip to this. But, but you know, it is stocked now. The stories, Parfums is stocked in, like, some of the biggest, you know, stores online and bricks and mortar all over the world. Like Harvey, I'm saying Harvey Nichols and Fenwick's and Brian Thomas, because that's probably what this audience will recognize the most. But like, how does that happen, Tanya? Like, wait, like, can you give like the people that are listening, the business community, a little bit of insight about like what it takes to pitch to people like that and to actually get the go ahead to, to be stuck there? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, so... Well, it took about five years to build the brand. So when I, from I went to grass, I had this idea and I honestly was driven by passion and drive. And I knew if I wanted to make this successful, I needed to go to London and really introduce the fragrances. Um, I think my naivety, which turned out to be a very positive, I did not know I was entering the most oversaturated um, category in beauty. And I went to London with two little um, perfume bottles from a laboratory, I had no branding, I had nothing. I, I knew exactly what I wanted. But unbeknown to me, you meant to arrive at a PR with the full display. I didn't. I arrived with um, this little bottle, told them my story, told them my experience. And I said, look, this is what I want to do. And I thought when you went to, coming from Northern Ireland, as you know, everybody knows everybody. And actually is very supportive. And I thought, I'm going to end up in London nobody is going to listen to this but you know people were wow I know somebody you need to speak to introduce me to somebody and then that person introduced me to somebody else and my biggest investment at that time was spending time there in London knowing that I did not know this category that I was going into and um, I knew that what my brand was and I knew what I loved um, but I needed to build it so I did invest in working with um, consultants in London who knew the business and they knew the, the, um, the, the beauty world better than I did. And I wasn't afraid to actually be stupid in a meeting. You know what I mean? I had to be a sponge. I had to learn everything from these people. And you know, doors started to open and I knew very clearly what um, what my product had to look like, the aesthetic of it. I knew what my story was, and I knew that I wanted to get people to connect to their own story through the power of fragrance. Um, so with that in mind, I developed, I got the whole brand up and ready. We launched in 2018 direct to consumer on our website. Um, and then in mid-2019, um, I start started making appointments with um, buyers in London, obviously Harvey Nichols, Fortnum & Mason, Fennec, and um, that is when doors really did open. I was astounded that people loved my fragrances and saw them very, very unique. I also did a body hand and body line as well, 
um, which is a standalone product. So um, having them together, I've only got the two fragrances and the hand and body. And I thought they are not going to want a very small Northern Irish brand <laughs> in the midst of their perfume hauls. And they did. And I, you know, you need to be, you make the appointment, you've only 10 or 15 minutes to sit and present your brand. You need to be a in my case, I was just very authentic with my story and what it had done to myself and where I wanted to go. And then we launched with Harvey Nichols in late 2019, followed very quickly by Fortnum and Mason and then into Fennec. So when I'm listening to that, do you think that all began with the fact you weren't afraid to invest in the people that know at the start, is that how the kind of connections were built? Because sometimes people, like I know um, small businesses that are listening are afraid perhaps to have that expenditure at the start when it does take things like that to grow. Like, is that, do you think, what happened at the start that allowed that kind of those doors to open as you talk about? Oh, absolutely. I definitely do. Um, even though I went and presented the brand myself, it was never introduced by anybody. Um, I... I did work with a girl, um, two girls actually at the very beginning. One really listened to where I wanted to go and grow. And, and she was she was in PR before. And what she did was try to bring the right PR people in front of me to walk with me. And I and that was an, a huge investment because you're talking consultancy um, fees. And the other girl I worked with was a consultant in sort of retail and helped you build your brand and the targets and the market and projections, which I had no idea. Honestly, when the door opened, you start to unravel something that you've no idea what you're entering. There's so much of building a brand. But no, I people ask me, they say you say things very um, off the cuff as if it's not a big thing. But it, I think that's probably just Northern Irish spirit. You just believe in your product. You believe, and do you know what can they say? But no, and um, you know, you talked about Brian Thomas. We've just launched into Brian Thomas into their flagship center in, in Dundrum. And um, that was a no at the beginning. So when we first approached them, it was a no. Then it was a will, you know, this we still, we went into the pandemic and then we we still kept in contact. And then um, they came back and they said, look, where we wanted to beat you isn't happening for another year, but we're actually opening a flagship store. We want you in our perfumery. So I also believe that a no is not a no. You know what I mean? It just catapults you into something um, to become more determined. And actually, I have turned down quite a lot of retail that because I don't want to oversaturate the industry either, I want to be unique. I want to be kept. Um, of course, we need money. We need to make money. It's a self-financed um, independent brand. But yet again, I know that Stories isn't the type of perfume that's maybe going to sit in, in boots or sit in, you know, super drug. Um, but the price point is a lot higher. It won't sell there. And we want to sit in really unique places. So those prestige stores are amazing. We just, to be in there and to be sitting on the shelves is just incredible. Incredible. Like, 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 congratulations. Like, it's amazing. And, you know, it's fascinating to listen to you. And you said something there at the start that I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast um, struggle with and that, and thankfully I never have, and it's always stood in my favor, not being afraid to say that you don't know things yeah. or that so like isn't isn't that so important though like for growth as well 
Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know who said it, but I remember reading it a, a long time ago and it said that you, you know, you need to build your brand as the, and look at yourself as the most stupidest, stupidest on at the boardroom table because you need to build people around you that know better who are going to push you further than what I can. So I honestly, hands up, I'm very, very proud to say that I have self-taught and, and also surrounded myself with a really group of people that love the brand as passionately as I do and want to see it succeed. You know, we were going up against L'Oreal. We were going to get up against Estee Lauder, the Byridos, the Lalabos, all those amazing, amazing brands. You know, you definitely need the right people around you. Dick Podcast is all about educating my listeners, but it's so important to me that it is also a place to gain exposure. Each week, we open up the podcast to brands and business owners to pitch to you guys. Hi, I'm Adrian, and I am the owner of Agribon. Our shop is based on the bus road between the towns of Dungannon and Colen in County Tyrone. At Agribon, we have taken over 100 years experience in the farming and construction industries and created a much needed shop to service and supply these sectors with the parts and components they need keep the plant and machinery running smooth and efficient. We specialize in hydraulic hose repair and manufacture. We understand the time is money, so we offer a speedy turnaround on hose repair while you wait, so you and your machine can get back to work as soon as possible. Agriburn also offers some of the leading brands in oils, grease, batteries and service filters at a very affordable price. We have just launched our new Shopify store so we can offer and supply our products around the world. Check it out at aggiebarn.co.uk. To keep up with all the latest at Aggiebarn, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And also though, you did say about authenticity and not stepping away from what your actual brand is. And that's what nearly brings the magic to your brand, isn't it? And that's what people nearly set up and let, you're not just another fragrance, you yeah. have you know that story so I guess if business owners are listening it's finding that magic within your brand to help you stand out is absolutely yeah so and you definitely do that but you know my heart kind of jumped when we were talking and you started this beautiful brand and everything was going well and then what happened to us all shook all our worlds was you know COVID and lockdown and my god it was horrendous for so many people and but for the business community as well you know my like it, it was life-changing for a lot of people but how did you you know how did that affect um stories parfums and what what did you do because I know you did some great things during that time but tell me a wee bit about that time and how you were feeling and what happened yeah so it was always really important that I would be a founder-led brand meaning you know that I would be the one that be at the forefront and it would be my voice it would be my experience that would actually get people to connect to the fragrances and in doing that, we really did, prior to the pandemic, focus on building a D2C brand. And, um, you know, but the challenges there are you're a perfume brand, your niche, your luxury, your price point's quite high compared to other um, generic fragrances. So how do you get the fragrances into people's hands? So we'd already started looking at sampling opportunities and getting, you know, putting samples on our website and getting those out. And they were redeemable, redeemable against a larger bottle of the fragrance that they wanted. And um, so that was already running. Then we hit pandemic and then retail all shut. And, um, you know, we grew 
very, I can't even remember the, the percentage, but we grew month on month over the pandemic, which clearly showed us that there was people had that surplus money because they weren't commuting, they weren't having the childcare, et cetera. Um, they had that extra cash to spend, but they wanted something to make themselves feel good. So we find that we had a really good um, chance to really put ourselves out there um, into the into the you know the world so to speak so we looked at uh, collaborations and we decided that we're very much into master classes so we've always done that and I have a very unique way of connecting with fragrance I don't focus on ingredients we focus on how it makes you feel so we would have always taken those master classes out onto the shop floor and um, into pop-ups. And um, we had, uh, you know, events, VIP, scent club events, et cetera. That was only just starting when pandemic hit, hit. So we couldn't do that anymore. So we thought, let's take it to Zoom. So we decided that we would um, seek out like-minded um, brands that, um, that sit well with the olfactory senses um, and we worked with a brand called Fresh on Frere. So they are a champagne brand. They are part of the Tavinger family. I believe they're the grandsons of the Tavinger family. And they, um, you know, I can't remember the, the, the actual time that I met them, but I met them through somebody else. And um, we were talking about how you create, you make champagne and you, how we make fragrance. And we realized there's a real similarity in how it's done. So we thought, gosh, let's do a collaboration together on Zoom and we will invite VIP people to come. And, you know, nobody at that stage was able to visit each other's houses. So there was families were having birthdays, et cetera, and they couldn't visit each other. You, I don't think you were even allowed in the garden at that stage. But um, so we invited Pixie Lot and her sister. Let's just wrap that up. So I honestly, know. someone someone along the way had a connection with her right because this is the dream right so someone yes. had a connection yes so we are we've really built on PR and VIP relations and um, throughout so that is um so when I talk about investing at the beginning with somebody that's not a long term it's always you know bring on a consultant get their information then we'll move I move on so I did invest at one stage with a fabulous lady in London who does VIP relations. She has a um, and we built fabulous relationship and we she had um, the connection with Pixie Lot. So so we invited Pixie and um, anybody that she wanted. We sent the champagne and the fragrances to each one of their houses. So there was about four or five of us on the Zoom. And we take them through the really unique experience of a masterclass of the connection between champagne and creating champagne, the, ta the, the taste and also how it smell and how it interacts. Um, and, and it was absolutely incredible because, you know, we had thought, how do we do this? How do we get, you know, people to experience it as if you were sitting in front of them? But actually it worked extremely well. And they went through the whole experience of how do you create a champagne? You know, they give us some secret, oh my goodness, some secrets about how they put it in the ocean to let it mature, et cetera, you know, which is quite secretive in the champagne world. Um, and then I took them through the whole process of, of them connecting to fragrance without concentrating on the ingredients to the end. Um, and it was incredible, incredible. So we continued to do that. 
um, with VIP. And we then continued to do that um, with our own customers. So we would have done we would have done ticketed events where people would have come on and we did it in um, Canada as well. So we worked with one of our partners in Canada and we um, we invited press on board. So it's 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 it was great. You know, there's maybe people listening going, well, I don't have a connection with Pixie Lot or anybody like her, but there's a lesson here for everyone listening. It, it doesn't have to be in the Pixie Lot scale, but there's a collaboration that all businesses can have with other businesses to connect with their customers. And everyone has a VIP, a VIP customer, you know, so whether it be a celebrity or not, your customer are the most important. So when you're listening to Tanya, I would say try and think about how you can create that magical experience that they did with a champagne brand. My goodness, it's perfect. And, and, and try to connect and get some amazing content that way so I loved hearing all about that Tanya it was I was so excited yeah. can, I, can I just say also you know in terms of um getting in touch with people we are living in this pandemic and coming out of this pandemic and um, we have never been able to be in touch with these people ourselves as much as we can um, now so I would say you need to be bold and you can reach out so we only worked with that lady for a very short time in London um, who built up some, you know, gifting and VIP relations with us. We now actually contact people directly via social media. Um, and if you can't get it via there, you can find who their management are and you just go straight to them. So for, I believe, you know, we don't all have a lot of, of budget, but, you know, if it's an independent brand and self-financed. So it's like reach out yourself. We now build all our relationship. We've ambassador and um, network which we have built up ourselves um because we just have to reach out and say look would you like to try my product because you know if you believe in your product and you get it into their hands they're going to love it and want to share so we do not pay for any of the in terms of um any vip work we don't pay anybody for that because their fees are just too crazy um but we hope they'll fall in love with it and then they'll want to do something with us Oh, there you go. There, that's it in a nutshell. Then perfect because like we have like sole traders listening. We have you know medium sized businesses, large sized businesses, and some people are going to feel like oh, this is not relevant. But look, Tanya's just said, reach out and and start that totally. relationship. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, amazing to hear that that it's achievable for us all. So watch out, Pixie, right for everyone <laughs> <laughs> listening. Um, but. Yeah, so, you know, the Zoom um, classes, like you didn't let lockdown, you know, I'm sure through you at the start, but like you guys pushed on and, and grew the brand through it and grew month on month, which is a brilliant success story to hear. And it's heartwarming, actually, as well, just when I think about other people's experiences. So um, can we talk about, like you and I talked uh, uh, before we came on about this word, this issue, this topic of sustainability. So this is why you guys stand out. Your brand stands out for sure. And, and it's a yeah. topic I, I think that uh, smaller business owners particularly are afraid of, first of all, because they don't know how to navigate through it and maybe don't understand. So can you tell, talk to us about that and why that's important and what you guys have done? Yeah, so absolutely. So... You know, this all came from my kids, really, because I really wanted to build a brand that wouldn't just simply survive, but would absolutely 
thrive. You know, I, it, we wanted to we want the world to survive, not survive. We wanted to thrive. We want it to be a place for the next generation that we can leave a legacy. And my kids, that became very important to them, you know, in what they do in their day to day. So I thought, you know, I, I need to do this. I want to do this for them. And it was getting to the stage where we were starting to need to replenish. And I thought, well, do you know, I'm going to look at um, how, how I can actually become more sustainable. So we started off with our um, perfumes and we looked at the packaging. And um, I thought, right, this is where the problem arises when you're a self-financed small brand, because you need your supply chain to be Everybody has to have the same ethos as your, as yourself. Um, and we really started to search. We could not get, we wanted to remove all plastic from our perfume. We don't use cellophane wrap in anything. And I thought, you know, we luxury beauty actually aren't really moving in this area, especially not in niche fragrance at the moment. So I thought, how are we going to make a difference? But we did. We changed our caps. We took away our plastic caps. We re replaced them with what's called a Zamac. It's a mix of an, an aluminium, of copper, magnesium. It's 100% recyclable. It's heavy, luxurious, and it's beautifully embossed. Um, and what we can do is actually recycle those. So if, you, if people send them back to us with the bottle, they can get money off their next um, purchase. But also our labels as well were paper labels. And we know cutting down trees, et cetera, is not sustainable. So we decided to remove the them and we changed them to rock paper so that is from marble mining waste so the waste that comes from the marble mining is put into this um, paper and we have them on our perfume bottles as well and um, our bottles are all refillable so the idea is we are a fine fragrance brand and there isn't much change. And we've been told by our retailers that there's people aren't pushing like this. So we've really positioned ourselves as forerunners of this new niche, which is bringing luxury sustainability together and being able to do so. And um, and we have been able to do so. We we got an award with the Marie Claire UK um, Sustainability Awards. We received highly commended for our efforts because um, there's just not many people that are making these changes. The refillable bottles, we hope to have refill stations, even though that's a fine fragrance. Um, you know, you do find the refillable places now popping up all over the place, but not in the luxury area. So we do hope to get to that stage, but at the moment you can buy your 100 mil. We've three size bottles, 30 mil and 15. The 30 mil and the 15 are fabulous for um, travel putting in your handbag, et cetera. So what we tend to do is you, we will supply with a pipette, which is a little perfumery pipette, and you can buy your 100 mil to keep at home, and then you can keep refilling your small bottles. Um, and that way it becomes a lot more, you don't have to keep rebuying the, the 30 mil or the 15 mil anymore. You can just keep refilling them up from your larger bottles. So, yeah, sustainability is, is hugely important. We're actually in the process of getting um, positive luxury accreditation. So if that, um, which is very, very in-depth, um, they take everything, every aspect of your business and look at it and um, they will advise, you have to score at a certain level to receive the, the accreditation and then you will get the butterfly mark 
and um, it's only in for the luxury world and then um, once we receive that that is they will keep reviewing your business year on year to make sure that you're making the changes so that is important and also we're in the early stages of looking to become a b corp as well so that is going that's the very core of the brand is sustainability Wow. And there's people that, like, obviously because of e-commerce and the whole way digital has went, like there's so many e-commerce brands listening that are posting things out and packaging and, you know, probably, maybe, probably, I don't know, haven't considered just what effect this is having on the environment, the world, and, you know, haven't really thought about sustainability within their brand. Yeah. So um, I get it's so important for every business to, to try and address this in some way to do their bit, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And all you have to do is start start small. And that is what the whole Marie Claire UK was. Start small, small steps. It doesn't need no because we we now will have we we're going to replenish our hand and body. We will look at it is a recyclable plastic, but we want to remove that. And we want to actually now. So we have, you know, it's a big job, a big project to do, but you do it in tiny steps and we'll all achieve something, you know. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And, you know, I can't wait to see now. I think it's going to be a massive conversation and a massive topic moving forward for businesses. So there's definitely loads of food for thought there. Um, thank you for letting us in on all those different things that you're doing. Um, because I think it's important that other businesses see, you know, people doing, especially people in your industry doing things like this, it can inspire them. So, um, you know, I can see all of these things you're doing and, and, I know that about the strong community that because of you doing all this that the community that you've built up you know what how important is that community for you and the growth of your brand Tanya you know and how like is there any advice you could give to business owners about building that community and yeah. kind of touched on bits as you go through but what's your thoughts on that? Yeah so it is really important to me um, especially because of my experience with trauma um, I my the type of trauma that I experienced made me feel silenced for many many years, and I did not share my my experience. And I grew up feeling you know not great. Didn't feel I had a story. Didn't feel that the, you know my life was really worth much. And that was um, one thing that was important in the brand because this was brand was born out of my own story, and it was it's all about storytelling. It's all about listening to other people's stories. And I want to give um, our platforms a place for people to come and share their stories and share them without fear. That's hugely important to me. So I have always, right from the beginning, it's it's a very two-way communication um, process. Um, building that community of people who are, you know, we've, we have been doing over the last couple of years, um, here and there stories hosts where we invite people to come and speak to me and share their story but we're really ramping it up now over this next year and we are inviting people to come on share their story and share their scent story because we all you know I grew up not feeling I had a story and then when I really went through all the process of you know getting my life sorted out and then launching this brand um and I started sharing my story, people were like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then I thought, gosh, I do have a story. <laughs> so yeah. I, you know what I mean? And so that's why it kind of all groups, that's why stories is called stories. Um, but it is hugely important that that community is around me, that it's come share your story. We want to hear, you know, how you've done what you've done. 
a bit what you're doing from with me here, allowing me to share my story. Um, and then also I am hugely passionate about entre- female entrepreneurs. So I love, as you are, and I just love to bring them together with a new agenda. Um, and I, we've started doing a, a breakfast, which just casually started and it started to take off and we have we started off with one in Northern Ireland and we've moved to we just had one a few weeks ago in Fortnum and Mason in London and then our next one will be down south of Ireland so we really want to build up a network of women that are actually just come no agenda but just come and share your story build relationship I mean I tell you know there's no secrets here if I can help anybody build a brand or experience something I would share that and that's what I want to do just really support people on their journey and I'm also part of a a group of women called the women's chapter okay and it's it's based in London but it's worldwide or UK sorry nationwide and um Again, it's a member and, you know, you pay for membership, but it's extremely supportive. All indie brands, all brands of different, um, you know, different areas. It's not all just beauty. And another one I'm involved with is CEW, which is Cosmetic Executive um, Women. And again, it's a membership, but it's a little bit like women and, you know, North women in business and that it's just, you know, really building your network. But then again, I want to build my community of fragrance lovers um, because I want people to experience what I have. And I want them to, you know, you will come away, you know, when I take people through masterclasses, they come away and they go, gosh, I never, ever have looked at my sense of smell like that. And you smell everything different, everything. It's not just perfume and it's not about just buying stories. It's about actually connecting to your sense of smell through well-being. Um, how does it make me feel? What am I smelling? And exploring that. Um, so that is important to me as well, to build that community. Oh, my God. I'm sitting here. I'm just listening to every word and I guess you know, there's so many, there's two different communities there you've talked about, like the business one that you're staying in touch with and connected to, which help you through your business and then your actual customer audience who you, but they've all got the same kind of thing throughout of stories. Yeah. Just one yeah. brand. It's amazing. Like, um, and what you said about people not having a story and, you know, that makes you emotional when you hear that. You're like, oh my God, everyone's story is valid and important. Totally. Some more tragic than others and some more happier than others, but it's still a story at the end of the day. And it makes your brand even more nice. So, you know, heartfelt. And, and I can see why that community has gathered around you in both aspects, Tanya, because like you have told us today, all the little tips and secrets. And, you know, as you say, you don't hold back and you want to support people in business. And that openness in business is what makes people like you stand out. So, Thank you for doing that today on the Dig Podcast. And there's so many people going to be listening, like their fire in their belly after listening to that. But like, I'm sure there have been challenges. Like, I'm sure like all of us, you know, what, is there anything you can share with us? Like what's been your greatest challenge perhaps or any challenge? Yeah. So I think, well, a couple of things are this, the supply chain is one, you know, becoming sustainable and um, and then have be and finance as well, because it is an in- independently fund brand at the moment. We have been exploring getting ready for investment and getting an investment deck ready. And if I want to scale the brand up, 
you know, how will that look without having to give too much of your company away? Um, and that probably is my biggest challenge is I really want to scale the brand. I have more fragrances ready to go, you know, with the, with Brexit and with the pandemic and then budgets. That really holds things back. And then we know that PR and press, they all want new product. Uh, you know, so that is an awful challenge because there's it's very stop and start you know, we are moving into home fragrance um, and, you know, making sure all those components are, are, you know, are sustainable. And then the supply chain goes right the way back to the forest, to the trees, to, you know, everything. And then, you know, when you want to scale up, people want to just, you know, you know, you buy in bulk and then it becomes cheaper. But we have to make sure that supply chain is all um, and I think the on a personal level, um, being a mom to four, now mine are all, you know, growing up, my youngest two are twins um, and they're 15, who still, you know, definitely need me around. Um, and you're still full time mom. You don't go from being a stay at home full time mom to like not being. Um, so that is a challenge. And I definitely feel that leadership in any form it can be very lonely at times. Um, you know, and that, I feel that can be quite a challenge. You know, you build teams around you, you build groups. But one of the reasons that I moved into this women entrepreneur and that what I have found in our breakfast is we all feel the same. It can become a very, very lonely place, and especially when it's a small independent brand and um, when you're really trying to push out there. Oh my God, absolutely. And we all feel it. You're right. And I suppose some people are afraid to say it, but the, the fear leaves you when you do say it out loud. I think, you know, you, you feel so supported because everyone comes out of the woodwork and they're like, I feel like this, I feel like this. So um, again, so good to hear you say it out loud. Uh, Tanya, so inspiring. But um, I have, I found a little bit on your, you know, when I was researching and I would like to, um, read it out now and kind of just to bring our podcast to an end with um some powerful words um and the themes being run on throughout our conversation so people will get this but stories make up who we are and we think that life is richer the more you have to tell our fragrances were created by one woman in homage to her stories but they're just the beginning as with all good stories they need a middle and an end we like to think of it as though we picked up the pen, but now it's up to you to write the rest. What will your story be? So when I'm reading that out, I'm obviously thinking about the business world. This is a business community that's listening. So what will your business story be? It's up to you, I suppose, how that pans out and how you write that. But I just thought that was such powerful, such a powerful piece. I think I might have got it from your website. I'm not, I'm not sure, maybe LinkedIn. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, I know people are going to be intrigued, Tanya. How can they find out more, you know, about you and your brand and follow? Where can we see all this yeah, going on? Yeah. So you can, we're across all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can follow the stories one at storiespafams, um, just storiespafams, that's it. Now, when we say Parfums, it is the French way, P-A-R-F-U-M-S, um, because sometimes then we get, people get confused if they're putting in stories perfumes but it's um, done in the French way and um, then you can follow me personally on Tonya which is T-O-N-Y-A underscore stories underscore parfums 
Um, and so that is my personal professional one and anybody can contact me there. I am so contactable. I answer everything. Um, and then you can get us on storiesperfams.com. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, what a conversation. Could talk to you all day. I hope this isn't the last time that we connect because you're absolutely amazing and so open, which is what we love on the Dig Podcast. Not afraid to tell us how to do things. So um, thank you and good luck with everything over the next few months and years. We can't wait to see everything that you do. Thanks for being on the Dig Podcast, Tanya. Oh, Caroline, thank you so much for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. And yes, let's get a coffee. (laughs) Remember, if you do listen to an episode, screenshot it and share it on social. Remember to tag me so that I see it and I can reshare on my platform. I love to see everyone tuning in each week. It has been an honour to be your host. I look forward to our next episode.